This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for tapping on the Zach Sang Show and letting us into your ears today. I really appreciate it. Brittany Broski's here. Really picked a great episode to tap into, I promise. Brittany Broski is easily one of my favorite people on the internet and possibly one of my favorite people to interact with in real life. So funny, so charming, so smart. You have a lot to discuss, a lot in life, her life to cover, but also life in general. So, I promise, you really picked a good episode. It's so good. She's so funny. You're going to love it. I promise. By the way, if you ever want to like get closer to your favorite humans or discover human beings and musicians and just people that you may want to care about, Zach Sangio is the right place to come. Share it with your friends, subscribe to our podcast, and yeah, enjoy our conversation with Brittany Broski. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Hello, beautiful human. My name is Zach. Carlos, our camera guy, is stressing out today. <laughs> By the way, uh, here hanging out on AMP, my name is Zach, that is Dan, and we welcome to the studio, Brittany Broski! Woo! Woo! Is my camera? Is my camera? Broski! That is a great last name that is fake. Yeah, it's not real. So, <laughs> how, how, oh, I'm lying on the internet? Oh, get in line. <laughs> <laughs> how do you come up with Broski? Is, is it, does it form from bro? Of course. Okay. Yeah, I remember in like, well, I made it in like sixth, seventh grade. Mm. Um, and that was when like brotato chip and like brosif. <laughs> and it was like, I wanted to just be a guy's girl so bad. I wasn't. And I was like, I, I say bro too. And so I, I made it Brittany Broski. And everyone's like, she's Polish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I am. Did you really aspire to want to be liked by men? <laughs> Dude? No, no. And that's the thing is, is this, um, the internet has taught me. You know, like, well, who the fuck am I trying to please? And so I created that name, and I'm kind of grateful for it because it's, it provides an alias to a certain extent yeah. versus my government name. Yeah. And when people find out my government name, they're like, that's not our username. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And so I, I'm grateful for it, but, oh, no, my audience is girls, gays, and theys, and I'm so thankful. Do you feel like that stage name provides you space between – what happens in your reality reality and what just happens to be captured by the front facing camera on your phone? Sometimes. Um, by the way, man, we're getting deep within the first three minutes. Welcome to the Zach Sang Show. Thank you so much. Brit Brittany Broski. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I do think it, prov it provides a form of um, a, a character to play. Yeah. The struggle comes when to turn on and off that character, you know, because it's not like I'm acting like so it's not like this is my drag persona and i put it on and then i turn it off and i'm just a normal boring person it's like i'm like this behind closed doors and on camera you beef it up a little bit but like this is how i act with my friends and so it's like is it a character or is it just an excuse to be loud <laughs> <laughs> but by the way i very much resonate with that because it is your true essence and your true self mm -hmm. but there are moments where it is like you said loud or just emphasized right you and understand you have to turn it on yeah. when you're performing or when you're hosting or whatever. But one of the greatest things that somebody can say to me 
is that like they don't see a difference or hear a difference between the person that they're meeting and getting yeah. to know and the person that they've ever seen on screen. Yeah. That is like, just because it makes my life easy, right. but unlike you, what you do exerts energy. But, sure. but also I think a lot of the fun, and I've watched much Brittany Broski content. Sorry. <laughs> and sorry to you as well. <laughs> there is this essence of like, you're doing it with your friends and it's judgment free. You, you break character most of the time, yeah. you know, or I could see the struggle in your eyes to not laugh at your own <laughs> <Yeah>. work. <laughs> and I love it. Like, it, it, like there was this one video of you in the kitchen. Like, I think you were being yelling at your, your, your friend who was pretending to be a kid for like, you know, eating the food. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, that's the thing is like, whether or not I had 7 million, I had 10 million, whatever, I would still be making those videos with my friends because I'm a child of the internet and that's how we make memories. Yes. You know, it's like, this would be a funny video. Let's do it. It's not for the followers. It's for me and my, my bestie. It's for me and my sister when we're together and we're like, this would be funny. You know what I mean? It's like, we want to go show mom and dad. That's kind of the core of the type of videos I make. If I'm not making myself laugh, I'm trying to make my best friend laugh. And that resonates with people because that's all anyone wants to do anyway. Well, they just want to share stuff with their best friends exactly. and share laughs with their best friend. Exactly. Do you feel like it's hard to be so many people's best friend? Well, this is a whole interesting conversation about parasocial relationships. Yeah. It's a, it's very interesting because there are certain internet personalities that really lean in. I mean, when you're talking about like Logang and like Jake Paulers, it's like your identity is in being a part of that person's community. Yeah. For me, I don't really, I mean, I have the whole broski nation thing going as a bit, you know, like that's funny is that I'm the dictator and everyone shut up and it's my world i mean sis you're about to acquire a church <laughs> i was gonna purchase a church i mean i was gonna launder money <laughs> launder money tax write-off exactly i mean joel Osteen and connie are doing it why can't britney broski exactly my polish uh church of god <laughs> by the way i'd be be there in person and on the live stream um i'd be live streaming from outside of the church watching you would be a pastor oh <laughs> Consider yourself hired. <laughs> yeah. Praise be. So uh, it, it would be, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of a bit to me. It's not so much like I am forcing my audience to have an identity within my fan base. It's just kind of a fun thing. But in doing that, you create these almost genuine relationships yes. with your fans. And they really see me as an older sister or a, and I think that there's such a, a purity in that. And there's an innocence in that of like, God, I just love her and, and she comforts me. Jenna Marbles used to be that for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I didn't think of her as my best friend, but she was a comfort for me. And if I can be that for people, what an honor. But at the same time, it gets kind of dangerous. It gets dangerous. Mm -hmm. And it requires a lot of your energy. Sure. Because like there is like, when you got to turn it on, you got to be funny, you got to be loud. Like, yes, you can keep that going for a certain amount of time, but like mm -hmm. you got to pause and recharge. Yeah. You're not, no, no matter how hard a human being can try, you can't be the energizer bunny, mm -hmm. especially when, especially if people are looking at you to bring the funny. Do you feel like you're required to bring that when you enter into a social situation? Sometimes. Um, it depends who I'm with. If I'm with a bunch of other funny people, <laughs> the game is on. You know what I mean? It's yeah, you like, want to compete. It's, exactly. And you, you want to be able to prove that you belong in that room of funny people. If I'm in a room of people who are just, you know, not necessarily funny, not necessarily... You know, it's like, I usually feel fine. Um, 
but it's this weird competitiveness, especially in LA. I've never felt this in my life, but I've also never been around so many funny people who do this for a living. Yes. It's scary. Are you still surprised when, when you wake up some days and, and realize that like the videos that you would just be making for your friends, like that funny, that was <laughs> so insulated to you and one or two other people yeah. is now not just providing a living for you, but it's put you just on a path that when you look to your right and to your left, it's unreal. I was hoping was, I'd get a verb. That was pretty solid. You put me up in Celsius. Thank you, Zach Sang. Oh my God, I need that. <laughs> Clip that right now. Clip it right now and send it to him. Oh, that's good. I just want to be a part of it. Yeah, that was, I felt you forced it down and brought it back. I definitely up. did. That's a lot different. That came from my gut. Yeah. Yeah, yours know? came from deep within. Deep within Is burping spirit. a thing that you like, oh, you realize can be something of like almost status growing up in Texas? Uh, no, I just have IBS. Oh my, oh. Wow, do you are you are you open about your irritable bowel syndrome? What are you open about it? She oh, takes period. TikToks on the toilet. Do, oh, that is true. Yeah. I go live on the shitter. <laughs> Sick. Any other questions about this? No, <laughs> no I mean, I I think IBS deserves a really great spokesperson. I think it'd be great. Like honestly, put you I, uh, on those billboards. I've always had gas problems, and at a certain point, you just gotta accept it. I used to pregame before going out, not with booze, but with Alka Seltzer. Are you kidding? Yeah. Smart. Yeah, it's awesome it's actually. Pepto with the club. <laughs> Wait, I have friends that will get Pepto Bismol delivered to dinner. Like go puff it. They'll go puff it to dinner. Not a Pepto a joke. vodka. Yeah. Vodka Pep. <laughs> Whatever keeps you in balance. It's true. I mean it's called health and wellness, and you bitches should look it up. <laughs> Do you think your stomach problems are connected to nerve or diet? Um, I think a lot of it is genetics. I think uh about ninety-two mm. percent of it is diet. <laughs> Uh, me and my dad, and I just now realized this, me and my dad bonded for the majority of my life about how we just spend hours in the bathroom. Just like on the toilet, iPad, phone, whatever. And it's like, oh, that's me time. But at the same time, it's like, there was a certain point where I was like, this is affecting my quality of life. <laughs> I would be at a party, I would be at dinner, and I'm just in the bathroom. I hear my friends giggling outside. I'm like, damn, my guts. And so it was like, I need to take a probiotic. Are there certain foods you'll avoid though, so you don't have to sit in the bathroom? I know that I'm lactose intolerant. Do I still eat dairy? Yes. Um, cruciferous vegetables make me fart. Still eat them. Um, bread, love it. Bad for me. You know what I mean? It's shit like that. There's so much sugar in this. I'm going to suck it down. Because at one point, you know, it's like you only live once. That's and if motto. I spend 86% of my life in the bathroom, hey, that was other good percentage lived. Your choice. Right. My body, my choice. Question. And this is just something coming from somebody who's had a long-standing fear of going number two in public restrooms. You do? It's only, literally within the last couple of months, it's only something I've accepted. Wow. It's, and I know exactly where the fear comes from. Where Was it as a child? Something yeah, I, I was 10 years old. We were taking a quick trip to, quick trip, family trip to Florida, Disney World. Uh, I had to go to the bathroom. We were boarding the plane. I go to the bathroom while everybody's boarding. I'm trying to do my business leave you no they knock on the door they couldn't take off with, because i was <laughs> going to the bathroom and it got to the point after three knocks by the flight attendant <laughs> that she made a a message over the loudspeaker <laughs> and she said uh, sorry we would like to take off but we can't right now because somebody is currently using the bathroom you were on the plane bathroom yes oh dude Bef <laughs> uh, like before we were taking off we couldn't even taxi back because you can't do that with somebody in the bathroom you were screaming one out in the bathroom yes <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> finally after the message i i exit the bathroom everybody's in their seats yeah and looking at you oh my god <laughs> hundreds of heads just turn around <laughs> 
they're looking at me as I enter the bags in the bathroom. Yeah, that'll traumatize you. I can remember our family friends saying, what do you want from him? If you gotta go, you gotta go. It's so true. <laughs> Just loud New Jersey family yes. defending you. <laughs> Kids gotta go, he's gotta go. After that moment, I've never, I, I, it's been, I mean, I was 10 and I'm now 29. And I haven't pooped in public in <laughs> How do you 18 years. It? It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's really challenging and I'll leave. Right. Like that's the, you, you, you got to enter every situation knowing that you, if you need to, you pull the plug and you walk away. Right. Like an Irish exit, it could be required. <laughs> it's an Irish exit. You, what? Say, you say goodbye to nobody. Oh, okay. You just walk away. So if you've disappeared from a function. Oh, it's because I had to go to the bathroom. People know that about you, though. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, now they know. Public. Oh, so now well, this is the reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't honestly. I come up with different excuses. Sure. I, and but really, truly, it's been. I mean, I think it was like maybe two months ago. I, I, I actually went to the bathroom. Where did, what did you christen? It was. You ready? It was actually an airport in a full circle moment. It so was now an you got internet money. What was it? The Delta Sky Lounge or something? <laughs> Christening the Sky Club. Honestly, I was going to the bathroom in first class. Which <laughs> it was on the plane again. It was, it was on you the went plane. On the plane oh my again. God. Yeah. That's one thing I have never done. I've never pooped on a plane. Really? No. I have a diary on a plane. <laughs> Zero out of ten would not recommend. <laughs> well, they say that once you're up that high, it dries you out. So the chances of it can't relate. <laughs> you can't loosens her up even more. Even <laughs> <laughs> more liquidy. <laughs> I, I flew to Dubai 18 hours and I didn't go to the bathroom once. <laughs> you considered you need to go to the hospital. When I landed, I couldn't sleep for days. It was so bad. I didn't sleep once for the whole trip. I was there for three days. But this was after you my trauma. Piss for no. <laughs> no. I would not go to the bathroom. I was so nervous. Oh my God. Anyway. Um. Anyway. Brittany <laughs> Bresky's here. Guys. Really traumatizing stuff. This makes or breaks us <laughs> as functioning adults. Though. You're 100 correct. And if you can't go, if you can't, if you can't do a proper bowel movement, what can you do in life? Hey, and you heard it here first. Yes. I live by that. I also don't fight sleep. That's another thing. Like if I need to sleep in any situation, I'll just go to sleep. I like that. It's new to me. That'll get you into trouble, though. Yeah, yeah. Just especially waiting for your flight. <laughs> correct. You Speaking of probiotics. Kombucha. Mm, my trigger word. Yeah, you know, I just found out that was you two days ago. A lot of people don't know that to me. Had yeah, no idea that was that you. That warms my heart. So that's really, that, that is the ultimate compliment. It is. And people are like, oh, I didn't know that was you. Yes, dude. Have you been on a, a quest, maybe subconsciously, to wipe that out of the, the, the public's um, mind? Yes and no. I it's a, it's a two-sided issue. Because on one hand, I'm incredibly grateful that that was my jumping off platform and, you know, that allowed me, well, I got fired from my job, but that allowed me to leave the nine to five corporate workspace. At a bank. At or, a bank, yeah. yeah. Um, and move into this whole digital influencer marketing space. Um, on the other hand, being pigeonholed into something, the internet loves to pigeonhole you, mm -hmm. you know? And it takes a lot of effort and strategy to get out of that and to... <laughs> diversify your portfolio. And that's kind of what I did. And I made it a concerted effort to do that in the very beginning. You know, like I was making other videos and skits and impressions and kind of like showing what I could do. Um, and I think it paid off because I started to focus more on my TikTok audience than I made a YouTube. Oh, 
um just hit a million on youtube a few Mazel months tov. ago thank you so much and it's like that that stuff feels like such a reward in a way that going viral isn't you know going viral is cool and that was definitely like i said the, the trampoline for everything else but i don't when people recognize me only as kombucha girl it makes me feel like have i done nothing else i understand that and it's usually only straight men who recognize me as kombucha girl because a lot of my content isn't really geared for straight men so i don't know why they would have seen it and so i'm i'm like eh, it makes sense i've honestly never seen the video even in preparation to have you here you're lying no i swear to her, i i've not so you've only seen the stills no i don't even know i i didn't even know like i know you from a whole different generation of videos that you posted let's go like i love like i love your singing i think oh your God. voice is superb thank you i think your british accent may be a crutch in nervous situations it is right it is. <laughs> you came it's in here you came in here speaking in a british <laughs> accent and i was like you psychoanalyzing me from the moment i walked in the door <laughs> i love the holly she's nervous i'm like sister i'm not harry styles relax <laughs> she's clearly nervous get her a celsius <laughs> It worked. Yeah, it did. It worked. It did. Talk about your bowel syndrome over a, Celsius, a cold one, you know? <laughs> Cracking a cold one with the boys. <laughs> I really, so I don't, I, I promise you, like, I know you from a whole different generation of stuff, which is, is that wild to think? And I really want to break down why you have a lack of emotional attachment or a lack of emotional definition to virality. Mm. Is it because it's fleeting? It is because it does not mean what it used to. When something was viral 10 years ago, everyone on the internet saw it. It's true. The power of something going viral on YouTube or going viral on Tumblr or Reddit. I have goosebumps. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that power has been given to the people. And while that's incredible, um, if someone comes up to you and asks, have you seen this TikTok? It was viral. It has 25 million views and 10 million likes. No, I haven't seen it. That means, it means nothing now. And so I'm incredibly aware and grateful for when the kombucha meme went viral, that was one of the first TikToks ever to go viral because Musical.ly had just turned to TikTok yeah. and someone had downloaded it, TikTok watermarks all, the, all their videos, uploaded it to Twitter. So they were watching this video and it, it was marked with my username and the TikTok logo. And they were like, no, what the fuck is this? Downloaded the app and that's kind of, TikTok is incredibly generous and kind to me because I was part of that story, you know, of, of creating TikTok into the monolith it is today. Um, and it's interesting to look back and think, oh yeah, I had my viral moment and I was one of the lucky ones that, I mean, I was seeing my face on climate change posters in Australia. It was in Hindi, it was in Arabic, you know, because there was a universality to that form of a, a mixed reaction. And so I'm very appreciative for it. And I recognize that that only happened because of a certain amount of circumstances that lined up perfectly. That could not happen today. I don't think. Unless there's a new platform. Unless there's a new platform. Waiting to emerge. Yeah. So in that moment, do you think, I gotta back this up with something, or this has been the moment I've been waiting for? No, I never planned for that. I knew I was gonna work at the bank until I was 50 and die from a heart attack. You know what I mean? Like, that was my, <laughs> was, that was my plan. That's yeah. just like... <laughs> I, that, like, that gave me deep goosebumps because there, there's this societal pressure that's put on people to not take risks Yeah, because you were a theater kid. You were a part of an improv troupe. I was all of it. And I definitely had those fleeting thoughts, you know, of like, when I turn 18, SNL, girl. <laughs> you know, like, now that I'm in Hollywood, I recognize how naive that is to want that and that it's so 
set up the people that get to be on SNL. You yeah. know, like th this, it's not an open casting the way it used to be in the 1970s. Like people hand pick you at comedy shows or, or in the case of um, Kyle on YouTube, things like that. And so I was like, I didn't realize that. And so I kind of just gave up because I have very strict parents and it was always like, you know, have a backup plan. So I know that if all this went away tomorrow, I have a college degree. I have work experience. You're an insurance agent. I'm a licensed insurance agent. It's things like that where I could fall back on that. I would hate it and like want to die, but I could make a living for myself. I mean, does that reality cross your mind? Like how often does that creep in? Not often. I try not to let it. But the state, I mean, you know this, the state of the internet and this whole world is so volatile. You know, like one day someone has a career and one day they're irrelevant. One day someone has a career and one day they're canceled. And then all the brands drop them. <clears throat> you know, it's like, I think all the time, if I have to rely on AdSense to pay my bills and then one day the views just stop, that is frightening. Yeah. That is frightening. There is no stability in this income. And I also, I, I say this a lot too, it's the Wild West right now. These influencers, myself included, are being paid the big bucks because there's no regulation there's no standardization of what these brands are paying and so i'm lucky enough and i reckon because i'm hyper self-aware almost to a fault of i exist at such a specific time it's not always going to be like this you know like these brands are going to be like well we only pay three thousand for that now when they used to pay two hundred fifty thousand. it's like the money that these brands have they don't know how to spend it it's I, accurate yeah you don't think you have a gift that can translate in other ways, in other mediums, on other platforms? Yes and no, yes. The short answer is yes. I'm not gonna be too modest. I know that, um, and the more people I meet too, I, I definitely have a natural instinct, I feel like you do as well, for hosting, making people feel comfortable, being bantering with people that not a lot of people have. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I, I didn't go to classes. I didn't, you know, like last time I did improv was in fucking college, but it's like, this is all, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it, it all kind of is instinctual and it's not polished. And I think that's what's allowed me to have a career. But at the same time, it kind of scares me because I don't have media training. So do you think your lack of polish is why you thrive on the internet? Yes. And maybe not a traditional streamer, but yes. And I don't want to be on traditional media, at least not in the ways we know it. I think late night is archaic and outdated yeah. and it only works mm -hmm. for white men. You know, like we've tried to put other people of different backgrounds into that role and they fail miserably because it's not built for them. So I'm of the opinion that, you know, for the type of skill that I have, I see myself being an Emma Chamberlain, Eliza Koshy, um, Amelia from Chicken Shop Date, Sean Evans from Hot Ones. Yeah. That form of like an internet show, Rhett and Link, good musical morning, an internet show host and create that world and build that world. And there's not really a need to ever expand into cable or like a, a streaming platform would be really cool, but I want a solid idea. So I see that being my future. And then my absolute end goal is like Disney Pixar. I want to be a voice actor. Yeah, you can do that. You do incredible impressions. Thank you. Yeah, your British accent something, but yeah. <laughs> like I, you talking to your wife, Martha really brought me joy. It's really good. Thank you so much. I do a, <laughs> let me explain. <laughs> I do a Southern, it's my grandpa, my Paul Paul. I do an impression of him. Have you done it for him? Yeah. Well, 
I do it to their face. I make fun of them. I'm <laughs> me and Paul. Have you had any meetings with voiceover people? I mean, I feel like you have a big enough audience where people would want to attach your name to their project. Yeah, I've done a couple VO auditions. <laughs> my best friend likes to make fun of me because um, we did this video. We did a Hot Ones episode where like, we just bought spicy chicken wings and did it in my living room. And I, ma I made her wear a bald cap and all that. I was like, you're going to be Sean Evans and I'm going to be Marie Broski. <laughs> it was hilarious. And she prepared, she prepared this list of questions that was just the roast of Brittany Broski, essentially. One of the questions was, so Brittany, you've um, auditioned for a bunch of VO roles. How does it feel like not getting any of them? <laughs> I said, bad. <laughs> but, like, but I think it's... Um, I think it'll happen when it needs to. David Dobrik's in Angry Birds. Like, why can't you get a role? I don't know. <laughs> I think the, I'm, the right project needs to come along mm -hmm. and I want to attach my name to it. I also, I'm such a Disney adult. I mean, I've got Mickey Mouse tattooed on my yeah. arm. It's just like, I, I really want to do something with Disney. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to lock myself into an exclusivity with someone else. So Good. And aim aim for the, the moon. Aim for the moon and you might crash and burn and or, or fall die in the stars. <laughs> you might propel yourself through space with a fart. That's what you're going to say. Yeah, I was going to say fall on a star, but okay. Yeah, that's the same thing. Good stuff. Yeah. I like that Disney mentality you got through <laughs> it over there. Thanks so much. Really good you embody that faith trust in pixie dust. Just farting pixie dust. I'm just wondering, just out of, out of pure curiosity, when you talk about creating an online show, mm -hmm. do you vision that doing it yourself? I think that... Um, Yes. That's kind of how it works nowadays. It does. And I think that the natural progression is kind of what Rhett and Link have done or Ethan Klein, where they create their own production studios. Yeah. I mean, that's what any celebrity does. Like all these, you know, Adam Sandler has Happy, whatever it's called. Happy Madison. Happy Madison and uh, fucking Brad Pitt and all his. It's just like, I think that's the way to do it because no one's going to get your vision the way you do. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want to be subjugated and be a loyal servant to whatever production company I sign with. So I don't know, but it's, it's stressful because it's like, do I hire all my friends? And then what if we have a falling out and now half my business is gone? You know, it's like, do you want to do that? Or do you want to find randos? It's a stressful thing versus just signing with a company. You need a partner you trust. You do. You do. And Are you free on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I am around. Very around. It's a lot because you, but it's not a leap you shouldn't take because it's a lot. Right. At the end of the day, like you have a couple different options, right? You keep doing what you're doing or you take on new challenges mm -hmm. and you see where they go. Mm -hmm. And I think you're in a really healthy place to take on new challenges because you've already come to terms with like, what the f if this goes away tomorrow? Yeah. Which I'm prepared. I got yeah. my, got my insurance agent license on one holster. Hey, at least we're insured. I got my, <laughs> that, by the way, like that's a huge deal. It is. Huge deal. It is. I'm so thankful to have an insurance background. I never That's, thought I'd use any of the bullshit I learned in my jobs. Now, I do. Production. Day. Yeah, every oh, day. It's nice. But you have a backup, you know? But also, at the end of the day, you're incredibly funny, and you sing, and you're multi-talented. Multi Keep going. Like I, I And it also <laughs> really bums me out that you you really don't think that there's a, a place for a woman in late night, especially now as like we encroach on like a new wave, I think of talent that are going to pop up across numerous networks, not just one over the coming years. I like, think the structure has to change. Gen Z is not watching the tonight show. You know what I mean? Totally. They're watching their favorite celebrities on these shows. They're mm -hmm. not watching Jimmy Fallon. Love Jimmy Fallon. You know, like he's funny, but he has his, um, 
critiques. People critique him as they do any host. But I think that that structure has worked since, you know, Johnny Carson. And it's just like, maybe it's time that we update it. It is a risk. Yeah. And, and I do think like you made an example of like every time they do try to take that approach or try something new, it doesn't work out. And maybe we're talking about Lily Singh. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're th talking about, I mean, let's go back, back in time. Chelsea worked. Chelsea was, uh, yeah, Chelsea wasn't on a major, one of the major three. And it was different, right? I I don't know. Was the Lily show good? Um, That's what I couldn't wrap my mind around because I kind of thought it was bad. They set her up to, for failure. Yeah, probably. The writers were awful. They had her doing way too much. They had her trying to fill the role of the straight white man yeah. comic. And that's not her sense of humor. And that's not playing to her strengths as an Indian woman. Totally. You know, like who came from the internet. Like there's so many angles you could take there to make it interesting. And they just dropped the ball. I think she was a victim of that. Huh. You know, I don't think that she failed. I think that they set her up for failure. So it was just sad. And, and it, it sucks because the reality of it is she represents for a lot of men you know, like, well, this is why a woman can't. Women aren't funny. 100%. You know, and it's like, that's just solidifying it because she didn't play to her strengths. And it's, it's just frustrating. By the way, before her, Grace Helbig did a show on E! And for a while cast this totally different sort of stereotype. But essentially the stereotype of like, you can't put YouTubers on television. Right. Which It's like now we're fighting seven uphill battles. Yeah. To try to be taken seriously. It's crazy. But yeah. culture is emanating mm -hmm. from TikTok. Culture is being shaped every day from the internet before it's being shaped anywhere else. Mm -hmm. If anything, everybody else is just playing catch up. Yeah. And I feel like those, those brave soldiers, Charlie and Addison, <laughs> <laughs> who were pushed to the, the front of all this, you know, yeah. like invited to the Met and on red carpets and doing this and doing that. And um, even things like, Emma Chamberlain, who's incredibly talented and incredibly personable, hosting for Vogue on the Met Gala red carpet. Totally. Those things are pushing us forward. And I'm so appreciative. And while people make fun of Charlie and Addison and other, you know, super famous TikTok people being at these star-studded events, we're going to look back at this in 15 years when every celebrity in the world is a social media star mm -hmm. and be like, they were the first to do it. You know, iconic, iconic. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's true. you have to look to the future and it seems cringy and like, why are they there right now? But it's like, these people are affecting culture, whether you want them to or not. You meeting Harry Styles <laughs> yes. is an incredibly cool moment. I blacked out. That tens of millions of people dream of, they crave, they desire it so deeply. Mm -hmm. But you get it because you are Brittany Broski of Broski Nation. Famously. <laughs> This is an opportunity that others don't get a chance to have. It's it's surreal. That, and But I feel like a big component of that is like, this isn't me pulling my strings in the industry and calling up favors and doing this and doing that. I publicly said, I don't want to meet this man. He's been my <laughs> idol for over a decade. You know what I mean? Like he has been a fixture in my life. He has affected me so positively and he has provided me a worldview like full of positivity and optimism and, and love. And the last thing I want to do is meet him because never meet your heroes. And I think that there's some weird universe thing in that of like people who, you know, a, a lot of the comments I got were like, she deserved it like to meet him. And I was like, that is such a compliment. 
because I didn't ask for it. And I feel like that's a big difference is people think they're owed something. People think that the world owes them what everything they desire. And it's just like, I did not go into this career path thinking that everything has been a gift. And I, I think that every day, you know, it's like you can manifest as much as you want, but when things happen, it's because they're happening to you, not because you're begging the universe for it. So I don't know. I, I think each day is each opportunity. I interviewed Jack Harlow and <laughs> shit like that, where I'm just like never in a million years have I have <laughs> dreamed of doing this. So I'm just thankful. What's the hardest part about all of it? Um, leaving some time for myself to do what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do at that time? Why do you need it? Be alone. Well, you're talking about earlier of like, you know, having that social battery run out. Yeah. You and I, the Irish exit, <laughs> whether that is to re relieve your bowels or not. Um, it's a lot of, I give and I give and I give because I want everyone to be happy. Um, and it's the Robin Williams effect, the Jim Carrey effect of like, I don't leave anything for myself. And so that's how a lot of comics spiral into depression, you know, it's because you just, you're so preoccupied with everyone else's happiness, you neglect your own. And that's a strange thing when you're in the business of comedy, you know, like if you're making everyone laugh, you should be making yourself laugh. And so I, that's a hard thing when you're constantly being pulled in all these different directions. And I'm not saying I'm the busiest fucking person in the world, but like <laughs> my time goes to a lot of things like that, you know, whether it's content creation or traveling or shows or brand deals or whatever it is. It's like I'm giving a piece of myself to everyone. And so it's incredibly important, and my therapist hears all about it, of how I just want to be in my room sometimes alone. Um, and then that's when I get creative. Well, last night you were in your room alone. You got a little drunk and went on Instagram Live. And I was feeling very creative. <laughs> I was cosplaying Dame Maggie Smith on Instagram Live <laughs> off of a couple tequila sodas. <laughs> Thank you. So funny. Yeah, it's shit like that where it's like I was bored in my room. Do you know how long it's been since I've been bored? Yeah, but that's a, that's a beautiful feeling. Months. It is. It is. And that's how I started posting shit in the first place is because I would come home from my bank job, be bored to tears because I was just looking at numbers all day. I would come home, watch some TV, be bored, start filming videos. Out of that boredom comes greatness. Oh, yeah. So do you schedule in boredom? Do you cancel things at the last second? How do you handle it? Um, How do you make time for you? The God honest truth is I don't a lot of the times. And then I have a spiral. Uh, and felt. then my therapist is about it. And then I bitch to my team. And then they're like, you need to have a moment. <laughs> and so I try to block off like a few days at a time every three or four months where I just off. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> I, I rented this cabin in Big Bear a few months ago, maybe about a year ago. And I was like, I just want no phone, no even like, I don't want to use my phone um, as a calculator even. Like, keep it away from me. And I went to this cabin. They didn't have a microwave. There was no TV. And I was so bored, dude. <laughs> I was like, is this how they used to live? And I, I journaled and I wrote down bits and i tried stand up for the first time i recorded myself and i was like hey that's kind of fun and i was writing down like character ideas and i was like i've never felt so creative and it was because i was bored to tears yeah, but that's amazing yeah that's that's how you challenge yourself and find yeah. your next thing yeah what about a sitcom uh, or what about a tv show could be fun what do your parents do my dad's in the military oh that's cool yeah and my mom um is a teacher and a ghost hunter <laughs> What? Okay, yeah, this is a show already. It's it writing itself. It is. What? Yeah. Wait, hold on. So, <laughs> okay, so how old are the people that your mom teaches? It's just, just 
like the jokes write themselves. My mom teaches at a juvenile delinquent center. Sick. Uh, for the kids that get kicked out of normal school. Got it. Uh, for touching people yeah. or bringing weapons. Um, and she is the testing coordinator there. And my dad was in the Air Force for 22 years. That's a, Did he fly? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And ghost hunting, like she moonlights as a ghost hunter? Yeah. Yeah. Sick. In Montgomery County, Texas, people will be like, we got this jail. That we're hearing noises. And she's like, come on it. <laughs> she rolls up with her ghost hunting gals, her like friends. There's She has a team. <laughs> and they have all the EMF detectors and all that and whatever. And, and they go and they sit in these places. Abandoned hospitals, abandoned jails. Oh, she loves it. Wait, is she communicating? Is she expunging the ghosts from the, the buildings? She thinks she is sensitive. Like a medium. To another realm. Yes. Sick. She thinks. She thinks. Um, do, you, do you not think too? I've been with her on some of these and I'll, I'll admit in the moment when you're sitting there and you're sitting in a circle and my mom is so like spiritual. She's like, <laughs> this white woman from Texas, open your third eye and allow the, and I'm looking at her like, you're kidding. And then like, she'll ask a question and the equipment starts to go off. And so it's like, well, shit, you know, like, I can't, you can't really that. argue with that or she'll take a picture and, and we'll hear a story and, you know, like she'll take a picture and she's like, doesn't this look like a face? And then you'll hear, well, you know, so-and-so died here and he was wearing a black top hat. <laughs> well, it's the top hat of the picture. You know, it's shit like that where it's like, oh my God, mom. And so I'm a skeptic, but I've seen some shit that's like, that's unexplainable i mean sis first show that you need is a ghost hunting show with your mom on yeah. discovery yeah like what like there aren't enough i mean th that's exactly why they need you add you to the list we know you got the crew we know you got the budget y'all got the budget Hit yeah me up. you know where to get we'll me. gang shoot that shit in three weeks <laughs> first season done yeah it's a f three weeks easy yeah. i mean like it's a format that works you know yeah proven yeah like, that's insane isn't that wild that's okay <laughs> <laughs> Are you spiritual? Do you believe in manifestation? Well, you know, I'm, I do believe in manifestation. Um, I consider myself an ex-Christian. Okay. Because I was raised with all that Southern yeah. religious trauma. Um, what, what happened in your life that you realized it was bullshit? It's just the natural human doubt. Mm. You know, like when you're raised, it's cultish. When oh, you're raised totally. to think that that is the one true way. And you start to, like, as a teenager, be like, is it? Because I'm online and I'm meeting people of many different ethnic and cultural backgrounds and maybe like they're not Christian and maybe this is wrong. And then you get kind of like reprimanded for thinking that that's not, you know? And so I just kind of rejected it all through college. I, I thought I had this spiritual awakening again because my college was very Christian and, and I went to church and I cried and I went through all the motions and I slowly realized that I'm not faithful. I am obsessed with the feeling of feeling validated by other Christians. Oh. How fucking strange is that? I mean, it has to come stem to your community that you yeah. grew up in. Yeah. Maybe your family. 100%. Like not getting validation from them, who you also saw as Christian. Well, I think it was just being raised in that community where I've seen people, you know, accept Jesus and they get baptized and they just get attention and they, you know, like, Oh, we're so happy for you. And it's done. It as baptism and all that. And it's just like, well, I want attention. I mean, she's your so baptism I, every day on TikTok. Exactly. So I got into comedy, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, and then I started, Oh my God, TikTok is, you were talking about, you know, there's 
just so many people who are spreading so much information, whether it's good or bad. And I found myself on like X or post Christianity TikTok, and they were like psychoanalyzing all the ways that the church pulls you in. And it was tea, bitch. What? They were like worship music. They yeah. they abuse the um, emotional connection humans have to music that is, you know, from the dawn of time, we've been connected to that. And the buildup of the drums and the certain chords they play are very emotional. And I was like, well, me, it's true. No, the layers of brainwashing is very much yes. like a casino. Yes. Like every little thing is meticulous. Yes. And built to get you there and suck you in. Exactly. Are we raised religious? I, yeah, I went to Catholic school for well, many Catholic's years. a lot different than Southern Baptist, but still. That is true. Catholicism is his own level of weird and trauma. Yeah, I was an altar boy for like a bunch of years, <laughs> and I I knew that. Yeah, <laughs> you, <laughs> could I tell, could tell. Right? you saw it in my eye. <laughs> just a reflection of a church candle, just shining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I read the Bible. Uh, <laughs> the Do most, you recommend it? No. <laughs> the most southern thing about you, I, I, you wear this shirt in your TikToks. That is this pink. Oh, it's like a moo moo. It's my moo moo. It's my nightgown. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my my grandma calls it too? A house coat. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> and what about it? You want one so bad? <laughs> yes. I yeah. Do. I was like, I was like, oh, maybe. Like I, I saw you in one wearing this pink polka dot thing that was zipped uh, up. I was like, oh, there's no way she's gonna wear this again. No, no, it shows up like 15 <laughs> other times, just littered throughout your TikToks. <laughs> it's because, um, it's I like when you get out of the shower, I put it on. So, it's, Ain't nothing under that bitch either. <laughs> I didn't think so. I'm free balling. Yes. Yup. Yup. <laughs> yup. I like that you had that ready to go. <laughs> ready. Found it real quick. I've had that since my grandma gave me that. My Mimi, because it was hers. And she was like, I don't need this. I got that in probably 2015, been wearing it ever since. I've got three. Sick. I mean, your grandma passed down her hand-me-downs hand to you. She did. It's the best. Because you don't have to wear underwear. You can answer the code in it, or answer the door. You can run around in it. There's two big pockets in the front. I put my phone in it while I'm doing dishes. It's so nice. Do you feel creative when you exit the shower? <clears throat> no. <laughs> I don't. I was just wondering why you'd be lounging in your, your, your house coat. Oh, that was probably three days after I'd had a shower. <laughs> that was deep quarantine. So I would, I lived in that moo moo. I still do, but for weeks on end. Sick. Yeah. That's healthy. <laughs> and these sores on my side because <laughs> I had to unstick the moo moo from my gut. Gosh. You, you know what? The other thing I noticed in the Harry Styles message to you mm. is that that's from Harry HQ. HSHQ. Yeah. That's it. The, the, the perfect grammar. I know, right? That is very meticulous. Well, it's not him; it's his team. No, but like they're, but they represent the brand. Oh yeah, and they do. His brand is literate. Yes, <laughs> his brand is understands basic grammar, <laughs> knows where to put a period, speaks English. <laughs> yes, you're very right. He gave you a necklace, bracelet, yeah, bracelet, a necklace, a necklace. Yeah. No, that was a necklace in that box. It was a necklace. I thought yeah. it was a bracelet. No, it's these. His stylist Harry Lambert has him in these um those trousers, a like graphic top, and then those chunky necklaces it's by eloquai i think is the brand um and he wore that actually in a photo shoot and so that was the actual wait, one he wore it's framed in my room it's yeah, framed. wait that's i mean i would have you smelt it no uh, people had that was the first question what do you smell like what do you smell like you think i was mentally present nah. that whole interaction i was floating somewhere over there you know what i mean like i watched the video back and i'm like 
Good for her. She got to meet Harry. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> like I forgot. I don't know. No, he, he's he's energy is really incredible. I was shocked because I was like, well, they shocked me first of all because they were like, "You're gonna meet him. You're gonna meet him. Are you ready? Are you ready?" And I was like, "Fuck no, I don't want to meet him." And then we were handing out free tickets and free pizza outside of the venue, um, and we came back inside. And they had told me on the way in, they were like, I don't think it's going to work out. Because it was 8 o'clock. He had to go on at 9. And they were like, you know, he's just too busy. I'm sorry. And I was like, you know, because I didn't want to meet him to begin with. But then I kind of worked myself up like, okay, what are you going to say? How are you going to act? Whatever. And then they laid that on me. And I was like, okay. We're walking back into the venue. And we go to my dressing room. And I open the door. And that bitch is standing right there. And I ran out of the room. I ran the other way. And so that's that's why that reaction was that way, is they told me he's too busy. And so it was the last thing I expected. And so in that moment, I kind of blacked out. And I think that's, it was just so surreal. And it was just short enough to where he lived up to every expectation I wanted. Yeah. And it was just long enough to where I got to make him laugh. You know, we bantered for a little bit. And then... Um, yeah, you talked about food. And... talked about, yeah. I asked him um, what's on the dinner menu at Harry's house. Giggled a little bit. And then... Um, that was it. And I was like, that was just enough. I don't ever want to meet him again. <laughs> so true. Would you change, watching the video back, would you change anything about what you said or your entire performance? Yeah, why the f*** did I mock him to his face? That's super cool of me. Super sick I did that. Are you kidding, dude? It was this cockney like I'm... Yeah, how you f***ing doing, love? <laughs> like, what is my problem? <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I don't know what else I would have done. <laughs> so nice to meet you. No, I had to mock him. If I didn't do the British accent, I would have done a country accent. Oh. Uh, it is pretty amazing that, like, he knows who you are. Did you ever, did you think he had any idea who you were before that? No. HSHQ had interacted with me before when the Golden Music video came out, and it's him running through the Italian countryside in this mm. peasant top. <laughs> and I reacted to it by just screaming at my TV. Just... <laughs> And they took that video and reposted it. And I was like, oh my God, they noticed me. And I thought that was it. And then they kept interacting with me. And I was like, okay, somebody on Harry's team is a fan of mine. It's probably a young girl who works for the label or works for his management or something. I mean, it was unexpected when the invite came for the show and to host and all that. It was just such a shock. So yeah, it, it was a blessing. I don't I never in a million years could have planned that. And the same thing with, um, I got to interview uh, Rosalia, who's one of my favorite artists on this planet, for TikTok. I mean, all these opportunities have come through TikTok, and I'm just so blessed. Where does your Spanish come from? Because I know you're like a big Bad Bunny fan, but you also speak Spanish. I do speak Spanish. Fluently? Yeah. Um, from what? I grew up in Texas, and oh. they make you take a foreign language um, from like sixth grade onward. Um, so I was taking it. Well, I lived in South Korea in sixth grade. It's a whole other story. Because your dad was in the Air Force? Because was in the military, yeah. And so we moved back to Texas in seventh grade. And I took Spanish from seventh grade until I graduated college. And so the Spanish I speak is the Spanish they teach in schools, which is Castellano, which is Spain yeah. Spanish. And they roast me alive for that on the internet, girl. <laughs> They're like, "Not you're speaking conquistador Spanish. <laughs> I'm like, and I look like it, too. Huh? <laughs> Damn. You do look like Don Quixote. <laughs> and I get that a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much. And so I, it's interesting because a lot of the um, reggaeton or, or Latin artists that are famous are Colombian, um, Puerto Rican, you know, Latin. 
and Spain is not Latin America. And that's a big discourse I had no idea about. Once again, the internet teaching me things. So it's tea. It's very interesting. I love Bad Bunny. See, that is, it, it's so funny that that now faces you on the internet. Mm. I, I remember dealing with that, like my extended family is from Honduras and cool. learning Spanish from Spain it's very different. It's like learning it in a British accent and then yes. going to New Jersey. <laughs> it's 100% it's accurate. It's like, yeah, you're speaking the same language, but f me, I don't understand you. Yeah. That's me trying to speak, trying to understand what Bad Bunny says. No idea. I'm like, he's fun to look at and I like his music. <laughs> no, I love him. How long did you live in Korea for? A year. Where else did you live? I've lived all along the southeastern United States, Georgia, Virginia. Florida, Texas, Jeez. even like Arizona. Moving around. Moving around. From Alabama, school to school. North Carolina. Um, every, different school every two years. Whoa. Yeah. And then we were in South Korea for sixth grade. And then we were in Texas from seventh grade until I graduated high school. So that's the longest you spent anywhere. Yeah. Do you learn the most about yourself from that time? Um, you learn how to make friends. and I, I'm Which is very, new. Yeah. I'm very appreciative for that because I think that that either makes you an extreme introvert or it teaches you how to socialize. And luckily for me, you know, my dad moving us around so much, I still have friends from like fourth grade in North Carolina that I still talk to. So it's a cool skill and I'm very grateful, um, but it was hard, you know, because people are like, I grew up here. I know everyone in this town. Mm -hmm. I don't have that. I don't, and I graduated, my high school graduating class was 670 kids. So people are like, I had a graduating class of 30 kids. What the f are you talking about? <laughs> It's wild. Do you find that being funny makes it easier for you to break the ice or get to know oh, people yeah. when you walk into a room? Oh, yeah. Taxing, though. Well, it, it is. And I don't know if this is your experience as well, being the funny kid, but the number one icebreaker is to make fun of yourself. Oh, yeah. So every, put everyone at ease, make them giggle. And I still do that person. every day. Exactly. That's why I, I made get, a career off of I it. Just, yeah, I get paid money. <laughs> <laughs> you have a microphone to do that. Yeah, no. thank God. Yeah, so it's... If I was doing it alone in my house, it would be really <laughs> fucked. That'd be a different story. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of my... That was my M.O. Yeah, self-deprecation. Oh, works every time. Yeah. Kills him every time. And then you spiral about it later. Yeah, totally. Do I really look like Owen Wilson? Fuck. <laughs> That's what it is. You get ahead of it. Right. And you also let people know that you can take a joke and that you're funny. Mm. But the internet loves to take it too far. Oh, every time. Yeah, because people to my face would never, you know what I mean? Or yeah. if they'd be like, yeah, it's because that big fucking forehead. I'd be like, <laughs> you know, because it's like, I made that joke, so of course you can make it, but it does kind of hurt. But it stings when it comes from you. It does. It's one of those things like you can bully your sibling, but no one else can bully your sibling. 100%. Yeah. You graduated uh, uh, the highest honor, right? Cum laude or whatever uh, they said? Laude, yeah. Uh, summa is the highest. That's it. I was a three, I had a three, five GPA. That's pretty high. Thank you. It's, I mean, we, we did not graduate college. So Where did y'all go? Nowhere. Oh, so you didn't, you no. didn't even go. I tried to go. I went to some bullshit university in New Jersey. Hey. <laughs> went to, I went to fashion school in New York City. You better work, bitch. That's right. He went a to a great Tim school. Gunn. I went to that school. That's where I went. Parsons, the new school for design, where they filmed that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I went to fashion school. I thought I was going to be an artist, a fashion designer. And then I sat there. I was like, what the hell am I doing here? These but are you, not you my still, people. You still enjoy fashion a little bit? Uh, no, I haven't changed my clothes since I dropped out. So <laughs> it's all black. That's I, what that smell is. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> But yeah, no, college just, just wasn't for me. So I respect you getting through that. I don't know hey, how you pulled I, that one and off. And I respect you for making that decision. That's true. Mine was a fail safe. It was mm -hmm. my dad being like, you're going to college because that's what you do. And you're going to get a job after that. I never was like, I'm going to be a creative. <laughs> what the f 
never an option for me. So I'm so grateful now I was forced into it. How old are you? 25? 25. But you grew up seeing the next generation build careers off the internet. It was never enough for me to take that leap, though. And I didn't have a vision of what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I wasn't like, I want to be a makeup artist or I want to be this. It was always kind of a Jenna Marbles of like, she's just fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just, I wanted to, when I was, when I realized that that was what had been handed to me on a silver platter, I was like, let's just have fun. Just go so for I it. I hope that's what I'm doing on the internet. Are you having fun though? Yes. Objectively, yes. It's going to have ups and downs, right? Exactly. It, it, by the way, if you're having too much fun mm -hmm. and it's consistent fun, hey. you're doing something wrong. Right. Well, and there's, oh my God, we can talk about this too if you want to. It's a big drug culture with internet people. Ah. Scary. Do you find yourself associating in those circles? Like, are you making friends with other internet creators? You know, well, yeah, of course. Um, but I've been in this long enough to where it's like I've met all the people I want to and I'm friends with who I want to be friends with. Totally. So... I don't go to parties that are full of people that I don't even want to be photographed with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like those parties happen and I have friend groups that get invited. I get invited and I'm just like, I'm, I'm all right. Because even associating with those people as a woman, I'm much more subjective to subjected to cancel culture than like, you know, a white man comic. It's like, I could go to one of these parties, take a picture with someone problematic and I could be done. Cause that's what I'm associated with forever. Cody Ko could go to one of these parties and, you know, it's just like, oh, it's just an internet party. And he goes out. And he does. He loves it. Yeah. I see him at stuff and it's just like, it sucks that that's the reality. I also love Cody Ko. I love Cody and Noel. Does it, does it suck or is it healthy? I, but, like, you do stun your social capabilities because you're not going to think in fear of somebody who has a bad rap or who does shitty shit showing up there. Like, let's call it what it is. Like, nobody wants to show up to a party with Taylor Holder. Right. Okay? Like, nobody wants to be in the same room as that guy. Well, that's that's the thing. And when you are there, and then those type of people show up, oh. it's like... And it's almost inevitable Yeah. that they show up. Well, and then, well, I had this kind of come to Jesus with myself, where I was like, what are you doing? You know, like, this isn't what I do. I'm not one of those people that's famous for being famous, or famous for being problematic, or famous for being hot, or famous for being... You know, it's like... I do internet stuff because first and foremost, I'm going to make myself laugh. Second of all, I'm there for my audience and my audience doesn't follow people like that. That is a completely different audience. Yeah. Usually kids. You know what I mean? Under the age of 18. It's really sad. It is. They're, I think Jake Paul is king. Oh, dude. I think Jake Paul king, king of the eight-year-olds. That's, yeah, that's what they call him. But he's a king piece of shit. Anybody who gets on the internet and literally goes, yo, kid, drop out of school and give me your money and I'll teach you. You are a steaming pile of trash. Maybe we're just jealous we didn't do it first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bank account certainly would have loved exactly. it. But exactly. But you know what? Morals and integrity go a long way. Yeah. And you never want to sacrifice who you are yeah. in pursuit of getting famous or building a career that comes along with notoriety right. or subjects you to the public scrutiny and eye. Well, that's the thing is like, if you lose yourself in the process, then you lose your audience. Yes. Especially when it's so deep. I mean, the like we started this conversation, it's an amplified version of yourself right. that you deliver to people on the internet, but it is deeply and genuinely rooted and woven in to your identity 100%. and your personality and your being. Yeah. The only thing, you know, so if you lose yourself, yeah, you do really stand the opportunity to lose everything you've built 
when you've built a house that is so rare yeah because it's built on genuine land yeah and and when you lose that loyalty of the fan base oh. because you've lost yourself in the process it's just like you can't get that back totally i think the interesting thing about Jake and Logan is they'll look back and they're not proud of what they've done in the past, but they've completely changed their brands. Oh, 100%. Like their audiences are not young kids anymore. Jake has the Jake has like an adult male audience because he's boxing. Logan has completely changed his brand. So Dude, Logan having killing it. <laughs> so I have that on th this in my notes. Yeah, you are a One Direction fan. You made two TikToks, I believe, reacting to the the, the interview. Mm. Are you hurt? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, just how childish. And how selfish as well, because this was kind of every directioner's worst nightmare of like, they did the hiatus, never to come back. Um, every member has done such an excellent job of preserving the illusion of what One Direction was. You know, that they all loved each other. They were brothers. It was the best years of their lives, whatever. For Liam to come out, and we knew they fought, for Liam to come out and be like, it was centered around me and I was the front man and I did this and I have the number one stream song, just lying, lying. And people psychoanalyzing that video of him being like, he's a textbook narcissist. I'm, you should somewhere within you feel bad for him. And that's, and I reacted to the video very instantly and I had a tweet that went viral and like is very polarizing. Just like something along the lines of me unfollowing him and like things are, are cleaner now or something. I, I feel for him because clearly he is not the successful one in the group. And that's the thing is it's jealousy at the root of all of it. And he feels an insecurity, out. insecurity. He's lashing out. You know, it's kind of like, let me try to get two steps ahead when really you put yourself 10 steps behind because now you just lost all these ex directioners who used to love you and, and had such positive memories of you and now you just got too drunk on logan paul's podcast and made a fucking fool of yourself it just made us so sad it was like this bravado that he needed to just find yeah. and and this it fuel it by lies it was it's really sad and it was it, and when you really understand the one direction fandom which you are a proud proud member of it was equality yeah. right like you loved everybody equally. there wasn't a leader no yeah. i i've interviewed the guys collectively as a unit twice and i've interviewed every member numerous times except for liam so i considered myself a really really deep fan and somebody whose life has been shaped by one direction and has grown to understand them oh yeah 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 i've been doing this for 15 years Brittany broski you don't look a day over 29. thank you so much <laughs> thank you so much hey something good that came out of that liam interview is that we got that zayn malik high note on instagram oh yeah 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 that was a blessing so fucking random too. <laughs> like, zayn said i'm gonna heal the world yeah but they were all together all the time and you loved all of them you respected all of them and yeah. then the second they break away is the second where everybody is taken on their own and they're received on their own and they're they're, they're creating on their own merit and they have their own data lines that they need to look at and he just it's it sucks he really and himself. you know what else is like him making all those bold claims people are gonna like fact check what you're saying yes him saying i have the most quickly streamed most streamed billion streams on strip that down pull up any of harry's songs immediately you're outsold like are you actually kidding and so i think that's even more embarrassing is like he is now inviting people to check what he's saying and he's lying yeah. So, and the whole thing about 
<laughs> There's high likelihood you'll never use those hands again. Shut the up, <laughs> dude. Oh my god. I I watched that and I was like, like you're killing me. It's rough. It's rough. <laughs> It's just like he he definitely is a small dick. Like he just knew. He just knew. <sighs> Payno. <laughs> oh, Payno. Well, you did mention Jake Paul getting trying to get people to drop out of school, and I know you're a big Beyonce fan, so how do you feel about Beyonce? Y'all can, did your research! Of course. How do you feel about Beyonce trying to get people to quit their jobs in her new song? Good for her. <laughs> for her. We are on the brink of revolution. It will be led by Beyonce. That's true. We're unionizing. We really are. We should collectively as Americans. We should. It really benefit us. This country's so scary. I think if Beyonce's telling us to quit our jobs and overturn the government, she's right. Yes. Honestly, if she's the one leading us on that horse, <laughs> I will follow her into a burning building. To the ends of the earth. Literally. Yeah. Wherever she needs me, just let me know. Yeah. Oh. That song was so um, shocking, too. It was. The house anthem? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. Did Last you like it? Do you like it? I like it. Um, I'm excited to see where the direction of the album goes. Yeah. Because if it's anything like that, I don't know. I don't think it'll be my favorite Beyonce record so far. Lemonade. It's hard to top Lemonade. Yeah, it seemed like the song came out and it got a lot of hype, but it... I don't want to get attacked, but it kind of seems like the song kind of came and went. What? Well, it's going to be in clubs everywhere. Definitely going to be summer, in clubs. Fall, winter. It's going to be. I mean, it was not a flop by any means. Definitely no. not a flop. I just don't feel like I hear it as much as I was expecting to. I just want to know, though. Like, do you go out? No, maybe that's a good point. Sit in my house at, at night. So, <laughs> so you're if not, I'm not going to hear it unless you put it on. Yeah, if I'm not putting it on, I guess no one's playing it around me. And that is true. <laughs> yeah, your neighbors aren't pumping it. Oh, man, the beehive. They are a scary one, aren't they? They are. And I'm I'm proud. I'm proud to be in it. Do you want to give Jesus a four loco still? I think he'd really enjoy it. Do you think? Do you a think he would four loco? He wouldn't turn it into something else. No, Jesus would eat that shit up. <laughs> crack it open for him, or does he crack it oh, open himself? I, well, I usually have nails on. He'd have to crack it open for Got himself. Um, I could use like a little rock to do it. Imagine how many more disciples he would have had if he just had the energy of like a gold four loco. <laughs> you get real persuasive when you're drunk. He's like everybody around the show. Listen, man. Do, do you create your best content when you're drunk? That is a debatable question. <laughs> I create my most problematic content when I'm <laughs> under the influence. Which could, if you look at some data, you know, whatever. What are your KPIs? Like, how, how do you know something's performing well? Um, you know, still to this day, there's no, there's no markers. I have no fucking clue. I'll post some bullshit video of me making an alien noise, and people are like, "This right here." funniest piece of media i've seen in 15 years and i'm like you've got to be kidding when i've like perfectly crafted a character or a scene or a british accent or this accent it's like me doing like pov i'm an alien leader that gets seven million views you guys it's unreal you being shrek's wife though really brought me joy that one took off very proud of that one and you know what that is i'm on the toilet I'm on the toilet going through Instagram filters. <laughs> and I found that one and I was like, I see it. I see the scene. And I did it. Thank you for bringing that to life. You're so welcome. How'd you meet Trixie Mattel? Uh, I made fun of her. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you make all your best friends. It is. Um, you Helga Pataki'd her. Do what? Helga Pataki'd. Hey, Arnold. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Helga? <laughs> yeah, she was in love with Arnold. But she'd make fun of Arnold. Hey, works every time. <laughs> Apparently. There's a... Um, tactic called the fluff and retreat you ever heard of this you go up and fluff their ego and then you say hi <laughs> the guy's like what? and they chase you do you enact that strategy no that was in the movie aquamarine <laughs> <laughs> 
with Sarah Paxton and Emma Roberts. I was wondering, did, did it work for Sarah? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So if it worked for her. If it worked for her, I look just like her. <laughs> you do have a fin. I knew you've been hiding something. <laughs> I've got this vestigial dorsal fin. I've been trying to hide it from you. It's still open. <laughs> comes popping out your back. Okay. Uh, uh, what was the question? <laughs> um, I, was, I, I asked something about... Uh, I asked Carlos. It was a good question too. Good to know Carlos is listening. No, I just got distracted of where we went with it. Hold on. We're talking about oh 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 oh. Um, <laughs> I really did. Shrek's want, wife. No. Shrek's wife. I wanted to transition to the love, and I think we could get there in yeah. in just coming off of your aquamarine strategy. Sure. Do you want love? Hold on. What was the f question? That's going to drive me insane. <laughs> As you can tell, I just move on. It's bad. <laughs> like it's like, all right. Let's keep it going. Yeah. Ask me again. The one you just asked. Do you care about love? Yeah. Do you want love? Yeah. You being on the internet, does it make love harder or easier? Fuck. Yes, it makes it harder. Do you feel like you put out a pro like like an identity that my sex appeal, my raw sex appeal? <laughs> like where's that on the scale of what to what to marry me? <laughs> what I admit? Hmm. You know what? It's a very delicate balance. It's a very delicate mixture. Because the more serious answer, honestly, is we're in an age of neo, neo, neo feminism, whatever wave of feminism we're on now, where we are realizing and teaching that women don't owe you pretty, mm. women don't owe you sex, women don't owe you beauty, women don't owe you shit. And in that, a lot of the pinup beauty standard femininity is lost. You know, of like what a woman should be. You should want to be a housewife. Here's how to be a good wife. Here's how to be a good girlfriend, da, 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 whatever. When you remove that from the equation, okay, my goal is not to be a wife at all. Oh, you're a real person now. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of my angle is I'm not, I enjoy that content online. You know, of like I just went on a first date and here's me getting ready for it. And this guy was so nice. Like I like to watch that stuff. But I am not envious of those girls because the dating pool is awful. Yeah. It's awful. And the more I'm online, the more my standards are raised and the more my idea of what femininity is changes. As a woman, what I should be, all the multifaceted parts of being a woman. And there is a divinity in being a woman, of, of, of a life giver, you know, and... and everyone came from a woman. And so it's, it's all that's in the back of my head when I'm thinking about Hinge or Raya or Bumble. You know, it's like, there's not gonna be Chad who's in finance, who lives in Encino, isn't <laughs> gonna be the man of my dreams. So for the time being, and especially because I'm on this journey of, of accepting what it means to be a woman, not in like Western society standards, I'm not focused on that at all. I think it's a natural human instinct to want to be loved and to love. And, and I think I have a lot of love to give. But if that goes to my friends and my family right now, that's all. That's enough for me. It's healthy. It is. And so I, I think it's a strange thing because we're bred as young girls to think, I just need to be attractive and desirable. And that's when I'll have made it. That's when I'll feel whole. And when you remove that from the equation entirely, it's like, well, what's left? Oh, all these other incredible qualities. Mm. I love that that's the movement online and that a lot of my audience feels the same. So it's beautiful. Yeah. It's an understanding a person for what makes them a person. Exactly. 
and not just tits and an ass. Uh. It's like you're kidding, right? That's it's shameful. It's so scary that that's what I used to think as a 16 year old. Oh, when I turn 21, I'm going to get lip injections and, you know, get a, a wig and do this and do that and get laser hair removal. Like, All that shit. It's just like, what? Like you have nothing more to offer than just be a canvas for bullshit. Exactly. For a man to project his fantasies upon me. It's yeah. just like, oh my God, I'm a human too. That, it's it's a crazy evolution. And living with Sarah Shower, who is a non-binary lesbian. She's your best friend. Lover. My cousin. That's it. Um, she has taught me so much about decentering men because she has no use for <laughs> men in her life. She's taught me so much. And I'm so thankful to her. Um, and she's on her own little gay journey. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's, it's such an eye-opening thing, you know, to not live with that burden of, okay, well, I have to be attractive to a man. It's like, okay, and then what? What else are you? Do you feel like through the lens of the internet, because you are showing real versions of yourself, mm. you are showing who you are, that maybe somebody who loves you for exactly that could come your way? Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> when, and I'm in no rush. Do you look through your DMs? Yeah, it's all the girls. There's not, I, I, if it were to be someone online, it would be someone who does what we do. Yeah. You know, like who understands the pressures and the trials and tribulations of being a public figure through the lens of social media, not through the lens of traditional media. And part of me wants that. And part of me just wants a rando, you know, like someone who is not involved in this world at all. Both are scary. Both are scary. Because like, both have questionable motives and intent. It's hard. I mean, he, 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 are you cautious about new people who enter your zone? No, but my team tells me I should be. And I think it's that naive, naivete. You know, yeah. where it's like, I think just everyone wants to be my friend. Or I want to be everyone's friend. Um, and I want people to like me. Because that's one of my fatal flaws. Is I'm a people pleaser. And I just want people to have a good impression of me. And... I, it would never cross my mind for a minute that they would be using me for something. And it has happened, and it's upsetting. How do you catch it? Well, too late. Yeah, every time. Yeah. What if Austin Butler comes knocking on the door? Austin Butler could knock on my door at any hour of any day of any week. He, he can use you for whatever he wants? He can use me. He can borrow one of my moo-moos. I'll be in my moo-moo when I answer the door. Oh, my God, Austin Butler. Are you in a relationship? Uh, No. I'm in, a, I'm in like a situationship, maybe. T care to explain <laughs> <laughs> it's uh incredibly undefined been long distance for a while sucks and uh that's looking like it's gonna change but it's i don't know and also like in the same breath like because it's a situation ship because it's so undefined i do constantly question if this person is actually into me right like it's very it's constant. I mean, you can't see them. That fucking sucks. Yeah. It's not even like a... Long distance is like you're in a committed relationship and you're going to try long distance. In a situation, it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, how does this work? Yeah. And, and, and admittedly, on my side, there'd be moments where like, because it's so undefined and I, if I go out and I meet somebody, I would just meet somebody and right. let it go with the flow. Right. I'd be thinking about them the entire time. Right. But I would just go wherever the flow took me. Hmm. So, hopefully, hoping in the next couple months that this relationship actually becomes defined whether it becomes an actual relationship or not doesn't matter manifesting clarity for you bestie that's all i'm looking for
whether the, whether the light at the end of the tunnel is love that lasts months, years, whatever, or no love at all. Like I'm, I've come to terms with either one. Period. So you're in your Stevie Nicks spiritual witch era. That's <laughs> whatever comes will come. It really is weirdly true. Yeah, whatever That's comes will come. A big thing. Do you have issues with control? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, me too. I'm hyper. I mean, I am a control freak, but I do find trust. Like, I trust him. We've been working together 11 years. Yeah, I do everything around here, so <laughs> kind of have to trust me. Yeah, you are the uh, the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I am the show part of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he does technically take up. Yeah, and he's the heart, I guess. No, definitely yeah, not the heart. the heart. I'm the heart. No, yeah, I get three letters in the name. Car he's two. the heart. <laughs> Carlos is the heart. <laughs> The heart and soul of the show. Okay. You want to know something? What? I know exactly where you live. I know which apartment door is yours too. What the f What the? Why the f What the? So why would you say that to me? My <laughs> so really quick, why would you say that to me? So really quick, like while we're here, wait, I know where you live. Wait, what? Daniel, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Damn. Do you feel connected to the data that you see on all these social media sites? Or have you figured out how to distance yourself from it? Like, do you care if a video performs? On my verified account? Yes. On my spam, could not give less of a shit. And that's why I created the spam account. How do you determine which account gets what? That's a great question, and I don't have a definitive answer. Um, when I'm feeling, when I have the zoomies, <laughs> my spam, when I have a clear, like the Shrek video, like when I have a filter or a video that I'm like, this is funny, and it's like a clear concept, I'll put that on the thing, but... When it's just me in my bed and I'm like, I have something to say and it's nothing. It's absolutely just nonsensical. I'll put that on the spam. But some of my best stuff has come out of the spam, which is upsetting. In that moment, do you feel like, oh, it would have done better if it was on the main account? Yes. Today, as we speak, how do you define success? I think there's a bunch of different definitions of success. I think that I am successful in what I've created in the brands that I've worked with and the money I make and the following I've built, that's to me incredibly successful. I mean, like to bring a community of people together, I think that's my answer, to bring a community of people who are so like-minded and so silly together and to be able to call them my fans is wild. I think that is success to me. Like, whatever comes from this point on, I feel very successful. There is something to the girl who moved around from school to school, not having many consistent friends, mm -hmm. now having a huge group of friends. Right. Oh, that's a good way to put it. All collected from content that you really intended to just send to your other friends. Yeah. There's something I'm beautiful there. It. it is. I think it's because I never... There are people that you can tell set out that this was their goal. Yeah. I want to be famous. Okay, and then what? <laughs> You're famous. Now what? You know, it's like with no clear intention or goal in mind and just kind of riding the wave, whatever comes and goes, I think whatever happens, I will be happy. Unless something devastating happens and I'll be upset. But, but at this point in time and whatever comes in the future, you know, it's like... But in the same breath, you lived a life wanting to do something like this you were a theater kid you did improv in some capacity mm. even though you had a plan b mm. you just didn't need to enact your plan b thank god it would have been miserable i have never when i worked my insurance job clinically depressed yeah. awful 
it's like I don't it is a dismal for all you college kids out there who just graduated looking for a job I'm with you it is a dismal experience like having every qualification being college educated being so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to work and then they just suck the life out of you it's awful I don't I don't Obviously, I'm incredibly grateful for what I do, but it's like double because I know the opposite side of this is living that southern, you know, you go to college, you get a job, you get married. Oh, my God, I'd rather die. <laughs> so but you provide an escape for people who live that life. Right. And that means so much because Rhett and Link used to be that for me. Jenna used to be that for me. Cody Co used to be that for me. And so now the fact that I'm grouped into that. An honor, an honor, a privilege. It's good company. Really, truly. Brittany Bresky. Do you want to talk about Jake Paul anymore? Or is that, you got it out? <laughs> what is going to be your Jake Paul? My rebrand? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to become a health and wellness channel. <laughs> when I get this IBS under control, you better fucking watch this. I'm going to come up with a diet plan. <laughs> you have a book? A book. Yeah, I'm no, going to start selling recipes. Today show? I really do, like, if you need help being connected with the production company, could totally help you bring that ghost hunting show Appreciate with that. you and your mom to reality. Ghost hunting, health and wellness, uh, <laughs> military enlisting show. Really. So just propaganda for the United States? Yes. <laughs> let's get this on the road, team. Sell this to a company. All hands in. All hands on deck. <laughs> Pretty broski, really an honor. Thank you for taking the time and energy and just, uh, it's really great getting to know you. Oh, this is a blast. Well, yeah, I hope we weren't too annoying. No, this is a blast. Oh. Uh, shocking. <laughs> yeah, I'll <laughs> see you. I'll see you tonight. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, what's Ominous. funny about, what's funny about that comment is the whole conversation's cut out. So nobody has any idea what that means. Right. Don't you bitches wish you knew. <laughs> Brittany Broski, everybody. <laughs> beautiful human you made it through our conversation with Brittany broski i genuinely appreciate it now please subscribe to our podcast and share it with those you care about and if we could do anything better let us know also who should we have on our show next at sex Hang show on any form of social media reach out to me please okay now be safe hug your family if you can and don't go to jail have a great day i'll talk to you soon okay peace and love today's show is hosted and executive produced by zach sang he was also executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zolot, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rudensky. Music by James Ashuto. Senior producer, Caitlin Plummer. Associate producer, Eve Bishop. Production sound mixing on today's show was done by Alex Goins, Nico Pierce, and Joseph Hartshorn. Sound mixing was done by Daniel Chavez-Crook and Ivan Wayman. Post-production manager was Caroline Rude. Production manager was Michelle Dorostock. And our production coordinator was Bryce Herless. And that was an episode of The Zach Sang Show. Talk to you soon.